0: What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? This is your girl Saina Lynn, and thank you so much for tuning into a new episode of Cosines and Tangents. And again, I am so excited. I have a special guest for us, and her name is Nicole. And I know her back from my college days. She's not only a friend, but she's also uh, my sorority sister. And she's doing some wonderful things. And I just want uh, to get a chance to promote and empower other women. And luckily, that's something Nicole is extremely interested in doing, and I want you all to get a chance just to talk with her or hear her
1: spiel and her story. Um, So go ahead, Nicole, please introduce yourself. Hey, guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, My name is Nicole Deontay. I am a certified life coach, certified doula. Um, I'm a certified yoga instructor as well. I'm based out of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, The name of my business is Reclaiming Myself. And what I do is I teach women um, how to take care of themselves, putting themselves first through yoga and self-love coaching. Um, I just recently added doula services to what I'm doing as well. So I provide services for those pregnant women as well. Um, I'm super excited about being in this health and wellness space It's something that I never really thought that I would be in because I don't look like your typical wellness um, teacher or instructor. Um, But here I am. I'm here and I'm ready to serve women, especially Black women, women of color, um, in their journey to um, reclaiming themselves and who they are um, through discovering self-love. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes. I am so excited to talk with you. Uh, So I've I've known Nicole, I don't know, for... Probably about 10, I oh know definitely 10 plus years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've had some great times together.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but I we could talk about that a little bit later, but I definitely want to talk about just how you because you said something that I would just, you said women taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And you'll think that, ooh, we wouldn't have problems doing that, but we really do have problems yeah. taking care of ourselves. So can you give me a, just a little background on your story, just how you became, how you how you got to this level where you wanted to be in the health and wellness sector? Because I think when we were in school, you were doing education, right? Girl,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so my my um, my undergrad degree is in early childhood education with emphasis on family and child studies. So I use that to go through um, the early childhood education. I was a head start teacher, went from head start teacher to becoming a director of a head start. Um, and that's what honestly that growing up, that was my goal. That was my dream to be to on my own daycare but then I got into that world and I was like I don't know if I want to deal with this for the rest of my life (laughs) (laughs) yeah I do do, do remember talking about that yeah so what so what was some of the things that you like Nah, I don't want to do this what um with early childhood education I just got burned out really easily because (laughs) it's a very um, it's a very needed area to work in, but when it comes to like your pay and things, it's not the best job for your, you know, to try to be providing for your family. Um, and my goal was always um, when I started to become a director of a child care center, I, when I started to have my own children, I wanted to come out of the classroom and go into like the administration. And mm-hmm. it actually happened before I, like the year before I got pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that happened, I was like, okay, well, I'm out of the classroom. I'm, you know, I'm living my dream life right now. And then right. my husband got stationed um, over in Washington State with the Navy, and so that kind of changed my entire life, really. Mm, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so is that like the move? Because um, I know with Seattle, I don't equate Seattle with being uh, having a lot of black friendly. Well, not just not black friendly, but maybe like focus on black health. Or is that one of the reasons that kind of got you into that frame of mind? Or it's just there's other steps that got you into. Uh, looking at health and wellness
1: it was really um a personal it was really more so my personal um journey versus you know being over there um so what happened was my goal after you know in my childhood my goal was you know get go to college get married have kids (laughs) yeah you know and, and then work till i retire but then it was like when i moved to washington it was like um I had to rethink my whole entire life because I pretty much had did everything that I wanted to do it by that point. And I was only, I wasn't even 30 yet. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, I was like 27 sense. or so. And I was <laughs> like, I've done everything. Like this can't be life for the rest of my life, you know, for the right. next 50 plus years, whatever. Um, so I started to do like, um, I went on a self, a self discovery journey as you hmm. will, or a spiritual awakening or whatever you want to call it. And, for me, it was me taking my first yoga class at the local YMCA in, in, in Washington. Okay. Um, I had seen yoga. I think I even tried yoga um, through YouTube and things like that. But I just didn't, you know, it didn't do anything for me. But I saw that they were offering yoga classes. And I was like, hmm, I really want to try yoga. Um, so I think I'm just going to go. And so one of my friends at the time, she was a um, Hispanic Um, individual excuse me and she actually invited me to the yoga class and I was like okay I'll try whatever and I went in and I fell in love with it (laughs) it was just it was the way that I relaxed in that class the Mm -hmm. calmness that I felt I've never experienced before and so after that class it just took me to a different space in mentally, Mm. emotionally, physically, I was just in a different space. And that was like the start of my journey to self love. of course, a lot of personal things were in there, you know, yeah. my husband wasn't really at home because he was always at the, out to sea. And so I was left to defend myself with a child, no family, like it mm-hmm. was a lot going on in my life at the time. And I had lost who I was as a woman, who I was as an individual. Um... And I think that, that going into that yoga class was the start to helping me reclaim myself and redefine, okay, who is Nicole? Outside of being a mom, outside of being a wife, a sister, a friend, who is Nicole? And mm-hmm. taking a moment to sit in that, in that yoga class, that truly changed my life and mm-hmm. changed who I was. It wasn't until, that was like four five years ago yeah and it wasn't until last year during the pandemic that I I started going starting doing the practice the yoga practice on my own mm-hmm. That I was Remember like, you be doing it. I was like, okay. Yeah, I started yeah. doing it and I started posting videos in my stories, and people were reaching out to me, like, are you teaching yoga? And I'm like, no, why would I do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, because you don't see a lot of us,
0: right, black women teaching yoga. Like, I've seen maybe one woman on like YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when I saw you doing, I was like, oh, it's somebody that I personally know
1: right doing
0: yoga and it made me because I think after I saw you doing it, I went and got like one of those little yoga form those I got well I already had yoga mats, but the mm-hmm. yoga form posters and I was like, Oh yeah. Let me try that. Cause I love yoga. I do I enjoy when I do it, but it's just it hasn't been something in my habit yet. But Right yeah. right.
1: Yeah. And so when I when people start asking me and they were like, Are you teaching yoga? And I'm like, no. And I had one girl in particular um, I knew her. I met her through a mutual friend, and she was in Atlanta, and she had a friend in Memphis, and they were like, "We want you to teach us. Like, we're gonna get on Facetime, Aww. you know, twice a week, and I want you to teach it." And so I started doing it, and they were like, "You should really be a yoga teacher." And I'm like, "Girl, I'm not gonna teach yoga. Like, I'm cool doing what I'm doing. You know, I have my little jewelry business that I do on the side. Like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that." And. Out of out of nowhere, I was on social media and I saw. I started joining yoga groups. That's what it was. I started joining wow. yoga groups, and I, there was a post in one of the groups that said that there was a scholarship for people of color to do the teacher yoga teacher training for free. Oh shoot! And I was like oh is this a sign <laughs> right okay lord <laughs> right all right lord i see you um okay. and so i was like well what do i have to lose like uh-huh. it's free like it right can't, it can't get any better than that it's free and it was set self-paced it was all online and so i was like well i'm gonna do it so i signed up um and I had them till like December of 2020 to get it done. Mm-hmm. But girl, I put it off and I put it off, and then so much and so much in my personal life had changed in that time. So mm-hmm. last year, my husband got out of the military in in May. He came right. back from a un- uh, underway in May we packed up and moved back to Tennessee in June. Like, my uh, life changed in a blink of an eye. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so, you know, but I've always considered myself to be very resilient. So I didn't let it try to b- bother me or whatever. But when I got to Memphis and I got here, it was like, I started I spiraling started downward, like going back down the rabbit hole into the depression and the anxiety that I was having um years ago and I was like okay something has to give like I gotta figure out something right. yeah <laughs> so well, um, Memphis, Lord. right right <laughs> and, and it wasn't I don't think it was just the move to Memphis it was so much had changed yeah. within a blink of an eye I was now um we went from being a military family to them paying our rent to like Having everything Uh. pretty much taken care of, to okay, we're back in the civilian world, and we weren't prepared for it. It came Uh. out of nowhere, we weren't prepared for it. So, um, probably so we moved back in the end of June, so probably about September. I had gotten into um, going to therapy, which I highly suggest for any woman, mm-hmm. anybody. Everybody yes. needs therapy, even if mm-hmm. everything's going fine in your life. I highly suggest therapy. Yeah, um, same, same. I did. I yes. started
0: therapy consistently, consistently last yes. year, in the pandemic because it was a clusterfuck. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it was a clusterfuck. Like your emotions, like I, I never felt like so she diagnosed me with like an adjustment disorder because she like Mm -hmm. because basically i moved back to memphis for like six months because mom got sick my uh my aunt passed it was just so much going on Mm -hmm. and so i was like she's like yeah you it's just you have so much Mm change and that you're and from moving to a comfort zone to a place where it doesn't have any of your creature comforts you are just your adjustment is off, That depression and anxiety is up, you know, you don't know whether you're coming and going. I was like, sis,
1: Mm. stop
0: reading me, but Mm.
1: thank you. (laughs) Right, right. Now my therapist, she never did, never diagnosed me with anything, but, but talking through it, it Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely helped because I was able to realize, okay, I'm having panic attacks, Mm-hmm. I tried the medication that did not work for me. The doses they gave me, I just—it was just too much. Right, and right. so I went back to my yoga practice, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so I know that yoga makes me feel good, so I need to do it. And so that's so around September, that's when I was like, okay, Nicole, you got this free scholarship. They giving you, the, <laughs> they giving you the tools. You just need to apply them. Right. And so that's when I started taking that the training seriously, and I got connected with. Um, this one girl who actually went through the program and what she did was she created a Facebook group to it was like a study group to help other people get through the process because she noticed that a lot of people were trying to get through but they would fall off because life would happen. Yeah, and not having that, that accountability. Exactly, hard. exactly. And so I got in there and I finished in at the end of December with my certification to teach yoga. And I haven't looked back, man. Yoga yeah. has blessed me. And I've been able to share it with people that look like me that, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't typically take a yoga class. I've been able to introduce it to so many different people, especially women. I have some men that come to class as well, but especially women. Um, and they have told me how much of a difference they have felt in their life just by, you know, trying yoga. Mm-hmm. Um so I've you know that that has been a true blessing to me because I was like again I never saw myself in a health and wellness space I know how to work out Uh um I've worked out I you know I I consider myself healthy Uh um, even though according to you know your BMI I'm not healthy I'm obese but hey healthy you know I feel feel you I was like you lovely girl (laughs) For those who Thank don't you. know, because
0: I feel like a lot of our friends we, we're listening. Hopefully, I'm talking to y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're like, but with black women, our bodies are non-traditional mm-hmm. to me, and exactly. um, and the BMI itself, it to me is not based. I think they they think they do it. It's all geared towards whiteness, anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like for us, we can have bigger bodies, we can have bigger butts, we can have more curvaceous conver- figures, right? Can still be healthy, exactly. And that's exactly. the mentality that, like, our society has. Pr- you have to be skinny, minny, You can't mm-hmm. have this, can't have that. Mm-hmm.
1: But no, I can eat exactly. well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that's where I found myself. How I found myself in this space is like I'm here to be to let other women especially black women especially curvy black women mm-hmm. know that you can be healthy and still be thriving out here you know mm-hmm. um i got myself a nutritionist so okay. i do try to eat a lot better than you know i don't sit around eating hog mogs and chitlins and stuff like that but <laughs> i do consider still consider myself to be healthy although i don't fit the status of your traditional white skinny woman mm-hmm. yoga teacher you know right, right. um so that's one of the main reasons why i got into the practice mm-hmm. and that's one thing i love i loved about you just seeing you do it because it
0: it showed an accessibility um because mm-hmm. I, I like i said i've done yoga before but you know they're always like the experts who can put their foot behind their whole leg twice and, right and i was like, sis, I can't do that. Cause one, my thighs are huge, you, what know, you, said? Really, you know, and I love seeing, uh, there's, uh, before I saw you, the one, the one woman of color, she was also a plus, and I love seeing her representation cause it's like, oh, if she can do it, you know, definitely mm-hmm. I can do it. What's mm-hmm. holding me back? Um, right. So one of the questions I want to ask you is just like, from just listening to your story, where did what are some of the misconceptions you uh, you heard about yoga, or that maybe some of your 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 students maybe told you that they felt about yoga before they started?
1: Um, some of the misconceptions um have been you know again, um I'm too big to do yoga. I get that one a lot. Um, or I'm not flexible, and it's not true. It's so accessible. It's the entire practice is based on what you need what your body can do it's all about you uh-huh. It um it's it's like like I have a, a one lady who she was like well I can't make my knees touch my um I can't make my head touch my knees when I bend forward that's then that's totally fine you do what you can do uh-huh. you do what your body allows you to do um Another misconception is I it's all about the poses. If I can't get the poses right, then I can't do yoga. And that's not true because yoga is more of stealing the body, um, mm-hmm. allowing the body to sit still, allowing to ju- your body to just be. Because a lot of times we, um, as women, I always say women because that's who I who I'm geared towards. That's who I am. Right. But, for men as well, we have we get so caught up in the day to day tasks that we have to perform that we don't know how to just be. And even just five minutes a day of just sitting still, allowing the body to be calm, even if you can, are not able to turn your mind off, just being still can change your body, you know, in in so many ways that you just don't understand. And yoga is more than just the physical oh i'm gonna do tree pose it's more it it's, has to do with your mental state it has to do with your emotions calming your body um it is just you know so much that yoga you know can give you um i'm trying to see any other misconceptions um other than then those are the main ones that i always get. Yeah. yeah.
0: What is so with with after those misconceptions are said? So what is like a reaction? Like, have you had any people's reactions to them doing yoga that just surprised you? Like, I feel like maybe some tears.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Um, I haven't had anyone. I have not had anyone in my class that have had tears. Mm-hmm. I personally have had tears. Uh-huh. Um, I know I am <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but I am just an emotional person. That's just me. But um, I haven't had that. But I always the reaction that still shocks me, and I'm almost um a year into this, um, is when when they're finished, and I always in my class with, how do you feel? And they feel they're like. I feel so amazing, Ugh. so calm. I feel so relaxed. And I even get the ones, I'm just so sleepy, I'm going to go home and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then and that particular one actually came from someone who had been struggling with sleeping at night. Oh, that's beautiful. And able to sleep. And the gym that I work in, he um had suggested my class turn. And she said, I'm going to try it. I'm, you know, I'm going to try it or whatever. And when she got, got done, she's like, I feel like I can go home and go to sleep now. And I was like, see, is you know, it's way more than just the physical part of it. You right. know, you're able to rest afterwards. It's um, definitely it's amazing. Mental. It's amazing to get those results and get those people to see how people feel after the class. Yeah. And I can hear
0: it in your voice that you get, you're getting such an intrinsic, like value from it just Mm -hmm. like feel good by helping people you've always been like because i think didn't we used to kind of call you the
1: mama of the sorority I was the mama because I was gonna make sure everybody was taken care of. <laughs> exactly. You did and you did it
0: but very well, but you also was out there. I'm just gonna put that out there. But I, that's I, I was. I, you mm.
1: was out there, you dope. Hey, still <laughs> it's okay, we're 30, you know. My knees don't make a make stallion anymore, but you know, I still do it <laughs> I, I try <laughs> to have my Megan Knees girl. I still try to have Megan Knees every now and then. Cause right. I do uh I do <laughs> trap yoga, which is yes. um adding yoga poses over the trap music basically. Mm-hmm. And we you know, it's not a trap class or it's not a class with Nicole if we don't twerk because I mean that's what I do. Right. <laughs> yes. So we the don't problem. have to make knees now. Yes. Hey, I need to
0: work on this right one. I've missed this look up uh during the homecoming session. Oh Lord <laughs> I dropped it way low and it ain't been right ever since but I don't, I have no regrets okay <laughs>
1: This yeah
0: <laughs> Well I look forward to taking one of those classes uh but the one thing I did see um cuz kind of it seems like you I, I think I saw that you have an advertisement coming up for children's yoga mm-hmm. which I'm really excited because I've seen I'm seeing a more influx of what I'm, what I'm loving just in general in the black community, I just feel like we're trying to heal a lot of the generational mm-hmm. trauma and I, that's what I'm, that's what I'm taking from your, uh, you going deeper into like your spirituality, your yoga, your, your, uh, taking care of women's bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm loving what we're trying to do with our children because. I don't have kids, but you know, one day. Mm-hmm. But I love that. That's what you're doing with the children because they need to understand how wow. to have that inner peace. Right. So, would this be your first time doing it? But well, no, I think I've seen
1: you do it a couple times. Right. Right. I'm actually, of course, you know, with that early childhood background, I yes, I, huh? I be trying to get away from the girl. Mm-hmm. But because I love I, it now. <laughs> I just yeah, you know, and so I actually had um a director came in and took one of my um weekly classes and then she reached out to me and she was like hey can you come teach my t- to my kids some yoga I'm trying to ask like she does a home she has a home daycare okay. um and she was like can you come out and teach my kids like maybe once every two weeks or something like that just to add something different to our classroom flow and I was like you know what I think I can and so <laughs> I read, so I did her class and she loved it and she told her other colleagues about it. So now I'm in three different centers, um, three different home based childcare centers where I go in every two weeks and teach 30 minutes of yoga classes. That
0: is so cool. Yeah. Now, so, what kind of results are we seeing from the kids? I know it's only been a short time, but. It- Have the teacher said anything like it It gives them a little
1: bit more calmer or is this like an outlet or both um both because one teacher what she does she actually added it into her daily routine so when they come in like sometime over in the morning she gives them a couple minutes to um kind of do some quiet yoga for themselves mm-hmm. um i also provide them with like posters to hang in their classroom so that they they have some posts some poses that they can go to um we talk about um, doing each session. I talk about feelings or I talk about something geared towards what we're going to be practicing. And it's a give. It's a takeaway for the kids because we all. I usually always end with, OK, so when we are feeling upset or we're angry or we feel like this, or we feel like that. What are some things that we can do and, you know, allow them to express themselves? Well, we can take a breath and we can breathe and we can listen to our bodies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there have been some takeaways, even in the short amount of time. Um, and they're super exciting when I come into the classroom because they're like, oh, yes, yoga. Oh, so it, it, it does my heart really well because mm-hmm. I'm not only am I able to touch adults, but like you said, breaking those generation curses, like, it's real. It's been real heavy the last couple years with the um, people our age, you know, trying to break those curses and realizing that there's something there that hey, we need to change and we need to adapt mm-hmm. so we can teach our children and they can come up better than we did, you know. Right, right. I definitely I agree.
0: I I know therapy definitely uh, kind of helped me mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. and it's because I, I think with us, I don't like not to say blame I don't like to think of my parents as responsible
1: right right
0: <laughs> and my mom I told her she's an old negro she's born in the 40s and so I was telling her I was like hey mom I did therapy and she's like whose fault was it I was like mm-hmm. about? I see she said was it my fault or your dad's fault I was like oh lord um
1: right I, right
0: there's no fault there's I tell them, I said, it's no fault in anything that you guys did. You did the, the best, best that they could. Could, they could do. Because, as I, I say in my other podcast, Nicole, that I blame everything on slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I do. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I totally because, agree. Because when you think about it, slavery taught, we didn't have the ability to teach their, ourselves how to take care of kids. We knew mm-hmm. how to take care of white kids. hmm But we weren't allowed to take care of our own children. Black uh-huh. men weren't allowed to be fathers. Uh-huh. Mo- uh, mo- uh, black women weren't allowed to be mothers to their own children. So those are generational mindsets, uh-huh. and behaviors that are uh, that were con- unconsciously passed down through generation uh-huh. to generation. Yes. And so, like I told, like especially with my dad, he was born in 1941. I was like, Golly, I am so thankful that that motherfucker stuck around because. <laughs> <you know, laughs> 'Cause he didn't his father didn't, he didn't have a father. He barely had a mother who took care of him because she died when she when he was one. Oh, so wow. the fact that he was able to not use all of those circumstances and, and stayed around and was a good father and you know, those are mm-hmm. those are traits that they have to fight against because we have those generational like traumas that are passed down. And so are you seeing that like now with your own kids and you
1: that you're trying to change any past teachings that you unconsciously had? Oh yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Cause it's actually crazy because my mom actually got together with her first cousins last night on her mom's side um, because they noticed that there's a lot of generational curses that have been passed down from my great grandmother to their moms you know Uh and so they were sitting around talking trying to you know just come last night was more so of a talking session where they were able to you know reminisce on different things that happened and they noticed that you know how mean how mean their moms were (laughs) yeah, (laughs) because their their grandmother was mean you know Mm -hmm. so And I really think that that stems back from slavery and it's just that mindset that was passed down a generation to generation. Mm -hmm. And now what my mom and her first cousins are trying to do is they're trying to change that within themselves so that they can, you know, change with us and that we don't take that and pass it down to our, our daughters.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think that
1: it, I definitely, definitely see that with my mm-hmm. own, in my own family. So, yes.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Like, I love the aspect of us healing each mm-hmm.
1: other
0: and like, and stop. Cause the one thing I knew, it took me so long to go into therapy because even though I studied psychology in college, it still right? took forever to do therapy because in the back of my head, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, you know, what I'm about to say Mm-hmm. we always thought that therapy and that was one level of weakness and one that was also something that people the wider persuasion did so right most like, definitely we have to fix our own problems and most definitely. And but after you know you're like you know what the world is, is heavy I'm gonna have to get right uh, I can't therapy. do this by myself exactly like you know I prayed
1: about it you know what God told me to go get some therapy <laughs> what you said what you said I need somebody that's, that's professional they that can talk to me and one of the things that I want to say about therapy is Mm -hmm. um, it's necessary for everyone Mm -hmm. but also you have to find a lot of people they go to they go to therapy and they try it one time and they're like it's not for me you have to find that therapist that works for you there's someone I truly honestly believe that there's someone out there for you Mm -hmm. um I actually what I started doing because i'm in the health and wellness field i've started to come up with a list of therapists that i recommend to people awesome <laughs> uh, yes so I oh, have, i'm probably i'm gonna need that for okay so <laughs> most definitely most definitely there's actually a guy that went to chat with us um justin i don't know if you know justin just justin, yeah, justin <laughs> Dyson. he's a therapist out here in memphis Oh I um, yeah, I just found that out like a couple months ago. Uh we were our chapter here was doing an event and his name came up and I was like, I know him. <laughs> but yeah, so he's out here. You know, if you're a, ma- a black male, I highly suggest you going to see a black male, not a white male, a mm-hmm. black male. Just like I my therapist is a black female and she's 30, you know. Oh wow, so, wow. that way because she can relate to the things that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um and we can talk. Kind of, you know kind of have a dialogue and it's more so like i'm talking to one of my good girlfriends versus me talking to a therapist yes. um and i think and i so i highly suggest you know seeking out someone that looks like you or someone that can actually relate to what you're going through in life oh yeah
0: yeah i actually um i agree but i end up finding my therapist she's a white lady mm-hmm. but i have but she kind of came in i did the better help health thing okay and so i started out with her but then i ran out of my free list uh free uh free sessions that i had Mm -hmm. for my job and i was like well let me try to find another one but luckily i found her through teledoc okay and so i was like you know i want the continuity of care i don't feel like um Mm -mm. i don't feel like you know getting somebody new because i think at that time i was just in such a need i was like i need the stability of somebody new (laughs) i mean of the same person so right. I matched on to that, but yeah, I'll just, I think just therapy, but yeah, right, right, just find somebody right. that actually you click with because exactly. I've seen people like, like you did. I was the one who I tried therapy once. I was like, I don't like them. And mm-hmm. I did for a couple of years and then anxiety got worse. Then I went to another lady. Mm-hmm. Um, She made me cry immediately mm-hmm. <laughs> and she wasn't bad, but I was like, oh, I made a- excuses and then I finally like I have no excuses. I'm at home all day. They're doing it over the phone. So uh, hello. Right. So, right. Uh, but can you give me maybe not no not going personally into any sessions or anything. But can you tell me like what is some advice that you've gotten from your therapist that just one blew the hell out of your mind?
1: Oh girl where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> oh, So I see my therapist regularly like every month like that therapy for me is a form of self-care yes and that's like when I get paid first thing at, not the first thing but one of the first thing I do is send her my money for my session that month <laughs> <laughs> because it's something that I need to do um but one of the things that has stood out to me that um in therapy is the fact that I didn't realize how much stuff I was um I brought upon myself mm-hmm. um, just because I uh, because of my upbringing
0: um,
1: I thought I did not my father has not been a part of my life um, ever I know who he is I see him you know every right. now and then I go to my grandma's house so I you know he's there but he has not we don't have a relationship right and one of the things that we talked about was my how that in my childhood has affected me with my relationship with my soon-to-be (laughs) ex-husband and in how I deal with men in general
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, so I knew a little bit about how that but the way that we've broken it down and looked at different traits of my dad versus the men that I choose to entertain or whatever mm-hmm. um that stood out the most because I was like dang so I'm really selling myself short or feeling like I'm not worthy of being loved the right way because I you know because of how my dad treated me you know yeah. um so that stood out to me the most and I mean I could go on for days girl yeah
0: I know I've had I, I went to a weight loss therapist and this mother effer like (laughs) he blew my whole mind day one and uh because he made me realize that even though it was not like your traditional verbal abuse Mm -hmm. it's still (laughs) a level of verbal abuse like just like sometimes my dad like my dad good man but he would kind of talk some greasy shit Mm -hmm. and so and he was like um, he said, well, that's like, that's still a level of verbal abuse if it hurts you. And if it was in a level, in a way of continuing, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and well, so those are some of the biggest, um, like things that I've learned from therapy. And then the one thing he told me once he, he said, he asked me, Hey, if you, cause he asked me, do I take my medicine, my meds every day? I said, well, sometimes I miss my meds. Mm -hmm. and he said well how about this if you had a six-year-old would you make sure that they had their meds every day I said of course you know it's very important to make sure that six-year-old is taken care of he said well think of your your inner child as that Mm -hmm. six-year-old if you can take if you could take care of that six-year-old why can't you take care of the inner child that's in you I was like what
1: right that's your
0: mouth sir yeah and why are you correct okay
1: (laughs) just
0: blew my whole mind oh my
1: gosh
0: right right yes. well, well can I ask you I know you just said I didn't know and I'm sorry um that you're getting divorced I hate that <laughs> but can I ask you just what lessons are you learning from
1: like that that situation um that with that
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, my new motto is hope Happiness over everything. <laughs> it's actually a song by Janae. Uh, uh <laughs> Janae. But I love it. Oh. But that that <laughs> is like my motto: happiness over everything. Mm-hmm. And. Honestly, and I'll be honest with you, and it's crazy that we're here because I've been getting signs that I need to share my story, share my story, and I have not, so Uh I'm just going to take this as the opportunity to share my story. Okay, thank you so much, (laughs) and again, if there's something you don't want to say, please don't feel pressured. (laughs) Yes, um, but with, I got, we got married, young. Um, it was more so out of um it but we loved each other, but it wasn't what what it needed to be for marriage. Um we got married young. It was a little pressure there to get married. Um, and then so of course, you know, growing up in church, you know, we're told you stay in your marriage, you fight for your marriage. And so that's what we've been trying to do for the last nine years. And basically it's not is, you know, he, he's not happy I'm not happy and there's no point in us being in a home in a house and neither one of us are happy because then now that we have two kids they're not happy mm-hmm. um so we decided to go our, our separate ways I wish him nothing but the best I hope that he finds happiness mm-hmm. um just because my happiness is more important than trying to keep somebody in my life that don't want to be there right um I am a, a farm, farm believer on, you know, protecting your peace and whatever that means to you. If that means, you know, getting out of a relationship, then that's what you need to do. You know, you have to be able to stand on your own two feet and be happy with who you are and the life that you're living, because we only get one life, mm-hmm. you know, and who's to say that we, we try to stick this out and then in nine years things are still the same and I'm gonna waste another nine years which you know so you know take it upon yourself to find out what it is that you truly want in life and be happy uh, whatever that means for you and I'm not by any means I'm not encouraging you to go get the divorce because I've had to say this to several people that have reached out to me Mm -hmm. I'm not encouraging you to get a divorce or to break up with that person but you have to make sure that you're happy um, and it takes two people in a marriage. Mm. Mm. So okay. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, okay. Just being honest.
0: Well, can I ask you a little bit more? Just because I am a single lady, um, been single for a long time, but shout out, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how um, how has your mar- your marriage changed your idea on marriage? Is that something you see yourself? doing again in the future or are you just like you know what i'm just I, again hug happiness over everything
1: it is definitely still happiness over everything but it makes me um more selective of who i entertain and who i allow in my space mm-hmm. i just can't let oh he want to talk to me and i'm not just talking to everybody they want to talk to me now you know i'm very selective of who who i allow in my space i'm very protective of my space um and you have you have to come with you got to come with it you know this ain't no we just we just chilling type thing or or text me every day talking about some what's up no you got to come uh-uh. with um I do hope to get married in the near in the future not the near future but in the future um but if it doesn't happen i'm totally fine if if it doesn't happen i'm totally fine Mm -hmm. um because again it's happiness over everything if it doesn't make me happy i no longer want any parts of it right right
0: okay well i know you mentioned also um about um just how influenced you were in the church can i ask you where you are where are you now spiritually um, cause I know we w- both went to the same church for a while mm-hmm. and I feel like our, uh, cause I think I felt very connected in that church for a while, mm-hmm. but I've noticed that, you know, my spiritual walk has changed over the mm-hmm. years and my spiritual needs have changed. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you like, where are you feeling with your level of spirituality? Um, has it changed? Are you doing different things to kind of connect to a higher power now?
1: Uh, most definitely. It has definitely changed within the last five years. Um, really, since since I left Chattanooga, um, mm. um, it has definitely changed. You know, we did. We, I did the whole church thing. Um, I grew up in church. I, you know, I don't have anything against the church. I've learned how to have a personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um whether you call them God you call them you you call it Jehovah whatever you call them you know it's it's your personal walk no one can tell you what's right or what's wrong you Mm -hmm. have to define what that looks like for you and for me it's being able to pray to a higher power or meditate or you know however I choose to do it um but again I go back to having that personal relationship Um, understanding what that looks like for you because your journey and that's just life in general but your journey your spiritual walk that's yours it's Mm -hmm. a journey you're it's gonna evolve over the years and I think that it's important for it to evolve because if you is if it doesn't that means that you're not growing as a person um so I think that you know a lot it, has changed within the last few years in my life when it comes to spirituality I personally don't go to the church the building but mm. I do have a personal relationship with God I talk to my kids often about God right. um, my kids do you know pray um, we say grace and all that um, I'm not saying that there's not a God because I do believe there is but again, it goes to having and understanding that personal relationship with him
0: yeah, because that's what I, I found myself going through right now is just trying to have my own personal relationship with God or, like I said, a higher power. I find myself looking more into like even just the African religions mm-hmm. and just just trying to strengthen, strengthen that just because um, in like a previous podcast, I just I talked about just how um, organized religion has mm-hmm. disappointed me, not God. Yeah the organized religion. It's mm-hmm. just cuz I used to go to a very predominant ch- predominantly white church and the word used to be good but the the feelings of being seen especially during the um Fernando Castells, the mm-hmm. the George Boys just it's the the feeling unseen was just getting too much for me. Right. And that I was like, you know what? I just cannot deal with this and then also they had like one of those like uh, conversations about you know the the race issue Mm -hmm. and it was wild you could see people like man this is crazy but then it was one guy in there was like well they're animals I was like what
1: oh wow oh (laughs) wow
0: bruh like you're in the church or like if or like if they if they're criminals then they deserve what they deserve I was just like okay you're, you're, Tell me how you
1: really feel. <laughs>
0: right, your lack of Christ-like behavior is really showing, bro. Because the, the wow. Jesus I know, he wouldn't just leave exactly leave us exactly. hanging. So that's that's one of the things. And I'm just really like interested in seeing because I'm seeing again a lot of Black people looking into uh, and people of color just looking into more ways of being more spiritual and being more connected with the earth and the land Mm-hmm. And, I love that aspect of because the one thing with us, again, slavery, <laughs> the <laughs> lack of cultural connection that we have right. to Africa is so is so we, we is is such, such detrimental to, I think, our feelings of self because mm-hmm. like other cultures have like strong uh, religious traditions, even though some of them can be, you know, kind of wild. But still, it's like still you have those connections that we were disconnected from and also there was so much propaganda against africa because i remember growing up being like i told some nigerian man i was talking to i said we always grew up really not knowing one thing about africa and two thinking that it was just a wasteland
1: mm. <laughs> and the
0: down sea and i'm like man i need to go up to right to they, they popping right
1: now. right right most definitely, most yeah. definitely. i yeah. totally agree
0: we need to make a trip to africa just oh it's
1: on the bucket list man i want to go to ghana
0: and um the seychelles i just want to i want to see what that'd be like (laughs) Uh (laughs) okay well i i love that your your aspect you seem so hopeful and positive and i'm loving that the aspect of you so what um now i really definitely want to talk about the doula services Uh, Uh just because um, that is so interesting to me because I sent you a video of of a woman talking about how they just that black women that a black woman or a family decided to have their baby at home and then instead of at a hospital um, and that they had just and they called the hospital be like, hey, my wife had a baby and they showed up just the police showed up trying to like threaten this family so I just want to talk about like how how did you decide to provide the doula services and why do you feel that that was an important thing for you to have
1: um, I've always f- found birth work to be interesting mm-hmm. um, I never wanted to be like an actual doctor so I didn't really know what how how this was going to um, connect with my journey in life <laughs> but I've always had like a such a love for it. when people said they that they were having babies it was like oh you know oh my gosh you're having a baby so Ooh. exciting you know <laughs> um until I had mine <laughs> <laughs> you just like this hurt <laughs> right right but um I I love the fact that what, uh, what I'll tell you what a doula does because there's a lot of misconception of what a doula does. The difference between a doula and a mid, midwife. So a doula oh. is there to help um, the pregnant person physically, emotionally, and so, and educationally during, after, before, during, and after childbirth. Oh. Um, I, we don't deliver babies. I get that one a lot. <laughs> we don't deliver babies. We're, oh we're there to help support you through the labor it's almost like just having a, a second support person outside of your partner um but we also we give you the education whether it's childbirth and classes um to let you know well this is what you might experience during the, their labor and delivery part um it might be there to to provide support for your partner who is supporting you you know you there's different exercises or different techniques to help you when you're in the late labor and delivery room that we can show your partner will stand here and rub her back this way um when she's having a contraction or she's saying that her back is hurting you know different things Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. um we're also there to just help help you to have um, a voice because the statistics say that two to three times that women black women or women of color are two to three times likely um, to have complications with more likely to have complications during labor and during and after labor and delivery from childbirth than the white um, delivery person the white pregnant person mm-hmm. um, so we're there to give you that voice to say you know, your doctor wants to induce you, but we're telling you, okay, so at, why we're going to ask her why she wants to induce you, like what medical reason does she need to induce you or, you know, things like that. Um, we're there to help you know what your rights are as a pregnant person. Um, and we're there for you as the mom because a lot of times um, there's t- different types of doulas mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of times when, like in the postpartum world after the baby has gotten here everyone wants to come and see the baby but who's checking on mom so as a doula as a postpartum doula i'm coming into the home to make sure that mom is okay yes that means that might mean that i need to attend to the baby while mom takes a shower or i need to cook for mom or you know watch the other siblings while mom and baby are bonding you know things like that um but that's what a doula does. Um, I was I was highly interested in doula work when I became pregnant with my son. Um, I never knew what a doula was. Um, <laughs> but, you know, after going through that labor, having my mom there to support me, I feel like I was blessed because I talked to so many people, especially younger women who don't have that support person. The dad, the spouses, or the the partner. I like to say the partner is not there. Um, their family does not want to be involved. They're literally there by themselves. I've heard of women going to the hospital alone and having to have their child with just her, the doctor, and the nurse. And I'm like, how? Like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have made it. So... Mm. Um, I want to be there to provide the extra support for these moms um, birthing these children because birth birthing a child is amazing Mm -hmm. it's a um, an amazing opportunity because not all women have are given that opportunity Um, and I feel that we need to support them in any way possible.
0: Yeah. Dang. I'm, I'm so glad you broke that down because I, yeah, I, I sure thought that you were out here delivering babies. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am. Not my lane. <laughs> right. You like, Look, I, I'm i a person of many things, but that ain't it. That is <laughs> not one of them. <laughs> but, I think, but I definitely uh, love the fact that you talked about the statistics. That's why I, I definitely wanted to speak with you when I saw that you are a doula, because we've been hearing a lot more about those statistics that women are... Uh, African-American women I don't know if they're about any other POC women mm-hmm. but black women do have higher right rates of mortality after giving birth and knowing that you are knowing what doula does I'm definitely whenever you know if and when that happens i'm definitely gonna have you or somebody as my doula because you don't have time to think about you know what other questions to ask right, you're busy right. Out here pushing out a whole
1: human mm-hmm. out of a, a tunnel you know right right <laughs> and even, even before doing the pregnancy um you a lot of women go through what they call pregnancy brain like a lot of people mm-hmm. think it's a joke but it's definitely true like you are just forgetful So I'm there to help these women, you know, these are the questions that when you go to your prenatal appointment with your, your OBGYN or your midwife, make sure that you're covering these points. Let's have a birth plan in place Mm -hmm. so that we know, hey, she doesn't want any medication. So don't try to push her to get the medication Um, or she does not, you know, want us uh, to be induced because I'm finding a lot, I'm seeing a lot of doctors wanting to induce women because being induced um, that kind of gives you more of a timeline or when the baby's going to get here Um, and you don't have to just be waiting around to see oh well she's due tomorrow but she ain't you know she's not down <laughs> late and she's not going to have the baby tomorrow you know things like that But that's causing a lot of complications, especially with black women. to where they're having to be rushed into the C-sections and things of that nature or them having to, you know, forcefully get the baby out and things like that, which cause complications in the woman's body later on after the baby has been here.
0: Right. And that makes sense because with the because. One hospitals and stuff with capitalism is such mm-hmm. a business that we need to get her out so we can get the next person. Mm-hmm. In. Mm-hmm. 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 That's wild, man.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but
0: besides that, once those statistics about you know the mortality rate and the inducement uh, and cesarean rate are there, what other facts of, or uh, statistics did you learn during your your training that surprised the heck out of you?
1: Um just uh, mainly not having that support person that was a huge one for me um just the amount of people not having support um we actually during my training we watched a video of a young lady um who was a doula i want to say she was in chicago and but her her audience was more of like the teen moms mm. and the those girls not having su- those support from their family anyone not even knowing what the heck was going on with their body Mm. you know um and she was there to provide them with these you know these statistics and give them these classes just to help them go through that life-altering um moment you know because that having a child is life-changing you know right um and you need as much support, especially being a teen mom, you need as much support as possible. Um, so that was something that really surprised me and shocked me. And it has me thinking, OK, so how can I, even in my city, how can I change, help change that, you know, those statistics here in the city? Because the numbers here in Memphis are high. <sighs> yeah what the the teen pregnancy or the mortality rates the teen pregnancy and the mortality rates i want to say there was a girl i'm i don't remember her but a girl that i went to high school with she posted a picture of a mom that recently passed like last week um from giving childbirth this was her third pregnancy um and her husband you know posted on social media about her passing right after she gave birth to her third child
0: Mm. Oh yeah God. golly well i i feel like i need a life doula when it comes to just in general going to the doctor because there's always 15 things i forget to ask
1: oh yeah most definitely yeah. i have a i usually write down a <laughs> list of like <laughs> questions <laughs> for when i go to like my yearly checkup or whatever mm-hmm. okay so i'm having issues with this what do i need to do you know things like yeah. that um having a running list would definitely help when you just think of random thing go to your your note section in your phone is just right out of list. Mhm, uh-huh. girl, that's pretty. That's really
0: interesting, girl. You're leading a very interesting life. I'm calling you Doseki Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the most interesting woman. Oh, well, <laughs> well, thank you. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a compliment. You better get it. I love. I love the entrepreneurship. I love just you taking those leaps of faith, and it's working out for you. Because I love how the one thing I love about God is just how He really like. You try to go left, He's like, "Sis, come on." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but then, or He'll put the thing that you're trying to get away with get a, get away from on your path that you're trying oh, yeah. to take. And He's <laughs> like, "I'm telling you, this is." where you need to be right right
1: because you're still like even with the early childhood education i'm trying to get out of it i'm trying to get away from as far away from it as possible but i just can't can't shake it and Mm -hmm. it's crazy because when i moved back Mm -hmm. um that's that's literally the only job job i've had Mm -hmm. college (laughs) right and and like i tried to and i even applied to like my old job that i worked in memphis before i left i tried Mm -hmm. applying there I tried applying for the company that I worked for in Washington while I was when I got back, and nothing fell through. Nothing right. fell through, so I just took that as a man. I, mean, I didn't need to go back in, in that capacity, but yet I'm still doing kids yoga in the classroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's still different, but you still, and you up here uh, training women or helping women through their birth.
1: Right, so right.
0: You, I guess Nicole loved kids, you know? Just right, right. It's just,
1: you know... <laughs>
0: Well, um, I know one thing I didn't get a chance to touch on was that you are a life coach as well.
1: Yes.
0: Um, That's awesome. So what's your top, like, three things or three advice for people who are just, who are stuck in a rut? Because I felt that was like my life for, like, five, six years. (laughs) It's just that feeling really stuck in a rut. So what are some advice that you can give to our listeners, male, female, or non-binary person, just about maybe getting out of their own way
1: um take my first one would be take the leap um a lot of times i know me personally i'm an overthinker i overthink everything um you know even when i get clear signs to do it i still gonna sit back and like am i really supposed to be doing it (laughs) but just learning how to just take the leap um go with the flow you know every day is not going to be a good day when you have those off days you know sit and you know work through what you're feeling um but then when you get finished get up and keep moving um and then my last one happiness over everything make sure that you're happy whatever that looks like to you even if you don't know what that looks like to you you have to figure it out Uh, try things until you figure out what it is that makes you happy.
0: Yeah, Mm, beautiful. Well, uh, we're getting closer to about an hour, but I can talk to you all day. (laughs) Um, but I want to start ending, um, getting ending my podcast with just a simple question, my love.
1: Okay. What is your favorite thing about being a black person? My favorite thing about being a black person is that we're magical i say that i i was saying that in a joking way Mm -hmm. but i'm starting to realize that it's true we're we're magical i feel like i am a magical being like whatever i put my mind to i can do it and i usually get it done whatever dreams i've had I've accomplished those dreams to the fact that now I'm, I'm trying to think of my next big dream um, mm-hmm. so that I can accomplish that in the next five years, which probably <laughs> will happen in three years because I'm just that magical. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would definitely be because Black people are freaking magical. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I love that. Yeah, we are definitely pretty. The resiliency of us as a culture, yes, and as a people, and like the fact though that Black women are the cradle of the civil, civil, uh, civil oh Lord, civilization. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, shoot, I completely love this conversation, and I've gotten so much information out of this, especially the doula, the yoga, just taking time for yourself I can say if I've learned anything from this conversation is it's okay just to be still uh-huh. and also hope like happiness over everything Yes, <laughs> yes, because yes, everything will fall in place if you just choose happiness over everything
1: yeah, most definitely.
0: <laughs> well Nicole I love you thank you so much um your voice is lovely um, oh. And I want to thank uh, my listeners for tuning in. I will make sure to put all Nicole's information in the uh, description and also any... Do you have anything else you want to promote, Nicole, before I let you go?
1: um, No. Oh, just stay tuned. If you're in the Memphis area, I'm getting ready to open up my wellness center.
0: Yes.
1: Um, care, love, repeat wellness. It's going to include all of my services, all the many things that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one space for women i'm holding space for women especially women of color to come whether it's a yoga class you have doula services we'll have um, a jewelry boutique um and then we're just going to get bigger from there um follow me on instagram and care period love period repeat period wellness
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Nicole deonte on facebook and on Instagram as well. And check out yoga classes, virtual classes be starting back up next month in August. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that's all I got.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for you. And again, everything will be linked in the bio and thank you so much, Nicole. And thank you for listening and taking your time out. And as always, I love you and bye-bye. Bye. Hey, Saina. What's up, Nicole? How are you doing? Love-